Hello, Alex Zane here. Thank you for choosing to listen to Just The Facts. And while you can still enjoy these episodes forever, you might want to check out our brand new show, A Trip To The Movies, where each week a different famous film fan curates their perfect night out at the cinema, picking what snacks they'd eat, where they'd sit, who they'd go with, and of course, what movies they'd screen. If you love cinema as much as we do, search A Trip to the Movies with Alex Zane or head to our socials at Trip to Movies Pod. That's at Trip to Movies Pod to find out more. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hello, how are you? Welcome to Just the Facts with me, Alex Zane, the podcast that takes a journey through the cinematic CV of a different guest every week to uncover some fascinating facts about their career. And thank you for being here for episode 17. So if you haven't done so already, please do take a moment now to subscribe to our podcast by hitting the subscribe button on whatever podcast platform you use to get each new episode delivered right to your device, into your head every single Tuesday morning. And for all the latest news and updates about our upcoming guests, you can follow us on Instagram and Twitter, where we reside at JTFPod, and you can get in touch with us there as well. And don't forget, if you do like to watch your interviews rather than listen to them, or as well as listen to them, we put the whole video interview up on YouTube the Friday after the podcast is released. That is uh, Just The Facts. <laughs> yeah, I know the name of the show. Just The Facts with Alex Zane. That is our YouTube channel. So a uh, quick congratulations then to all our listeners who correctly guessed this week's guest from the clues on our social media. Well done, Tony Cook. Hello, Sammy Croak. Hello, and Gemma Page. Hello, who all correctly worked out that I have a brilliant actor, writer and director on this week's episode who has just starred in one of the most intense films I have seen this year. It was fantastic having a chat with him. It's the first time we've met. We got into everything from the pros and cons of Husky owning to the state of cinema today and the kind of movies that are being made to the future of planet Earth as we know it, and if we should all be building bunkers in New Zealand. So we covered a lot. 
a lot, a lot. We obviously also talked about his role in the brilliant new film that I'm going to I'm going to call it a psychological horror here but we do talk about how that doesn't quite do it justice it's called coming home in the dark i watched it at the weekend wow like i said it is intense and once it's got hold of you it does not let go and you know how you sometimes think you've seen pretty much everything or every iteration of everything in a film. There is a scene in this that knocks you sideways. Anyway, we have a spoiler-free chat about that movie, Coming Home in the Dark, which is coming out in October. That is Simon barking. Simon! I'm doing the intro! So as I was saying, Coming Home in the Dark... Is out this October. It was absolutely fantastic having him on the show. So please welcome to Just the Facts, the brilliant Daniel Gillies. Come here, dog. That's so funny that you say that because I'm having exactly the same nightmare with my whippet Simon at the moment. So, so your dogs where are they? Are they where are they now? Have you have you put them away? I've got a little old girl. And the back, she's 17 years old, actually. Um, she's oh, part wow. chow. Yeah, her hips are shot. So, of course. Well, this is a good thing for me to, to realize. Can I swear? Probably, probably not, right? You All can right. swear. It's fine. It's one of it's, it's a grow. It's a grown up show. It's a grown up show, man. It is a grown up show. Okay, I'll put this on. Do not disturb. Okay. Sorry that makes that. me feel better about my headphone issue before we started now. I think yeah, we've exactly. somehow, like fate it's, has created parity once again. It is. There's, there, there's nothing hierarchical about this. This is just <laughs> equilibrium has been restored. So your, your dog is 17 years old. That's, that's so one crazy. Of them, yeah, and, one, and, one, and I got a seven-month boy, and he's, um, he's just racing around the property somewhere, like <laughs> probably just, you know, Digging up another tree or eating another outdoor pillow. <laughs> how, old came, you, how old did you say he was? Seven months. Seven He's months. a husky. Yeah. <gasps> wow. I don't wow. recommend them. I don't. <laughs> like, um, I, I love, I love my dog. I'll, I'll be, I'll do my best to be a good father to that, to that dog as long as he's around. But my God, like, there's just so many, there's the, 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 the pros are so wonderful. There, there's also some significant cons. Like they look ferocious, they're, they're, mm. but they're not, they're not guard dogs. They're, 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 like they kind of love people and they're, they're like, you know, you could, you could, you know, you could commit quite an act of theft with, with, hus- with huskies guarding the house, you know? <laughs> um, they're, oh, they're man. Sweet that, that, that he won't poop or pee on the walk. Like, it, like, so every, everything's at home. So I, so I, so basically my backyard is his toilet. Um, they're, they, and they have separation anxiety. So, cause they're pack animals, right? Like, like all dogs, but like these yeah. guys, like to, to a whole other tier, you know, like if you, if you just, you, I just leave the house in the morning to go get the mail and he's, he's in the window and it's like Lionel Richie's playing, you know, <laughs> Hello. <laughs> like, Oh man! So where? So I mean, you obviously they need a lot of exercise. Huskies, do you? I mean, you're you're in LA, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah so, so, so where do you take there? I, I, the only place I know that's like 
I mean, my, my experience of LA is fairly limited, but up near the, the walk up towards Griffith Observatory, up that way, I imagine that's quite a good place to take him out. Yeah, so I live right near a canyon and he loves that. Like, But it's it's about sort of, um, LA is so dumb. To get to a canyon, you need to find parking, you know? So, so I feel like park like four miles down the street. Now, by the time I get to the hike, I've already, you know, done my hike, you know? It's... <laughs> It's LA is so silly like that, you know, and we sort of end up driving everywhere. I remember when I first moved here, I thought it was so peculiar that people would be like, Hey, I'm just going down to Seven Eleven to grab something. And it might be three blocks away and people, you know, get in their car and drive. It's just, it's, 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 a, it's a strange city in that sense too, because, you know, like there's no fucking sidewalks, man. There's no pavement, like, and you know, in a, in a lot of neighborhoods and you're like, well, there might be one on one side of the street or not the other. And, for for a for a city that's like you know primary ambition in the in the earlier part of last century was to advertise itself as this as this great land of suburbia, it doesn't really accommodate for pedestrians in any way, right? Like there's no there's nowhere to walk. I mean, you can in the super wealthy neighborhoods, I guess, but 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 no, but even the super wealthy neighborhoods are often in the hills and there's no sidewalks, you know. Mm. Yeah, I mean, and the funny thing is you get the strangest looks when you're walking around L.A. sometimes, like just because there's no one else on the street. And I always found it funny the first time I went there that it is a city. I think this might be true of all America, but it's a city that preferences traffic over people so that even if a man is green, that car can still turn right. So like it's it's you're like, I mean, it's a funny one because until Uber came along, I, I couldn't get around LA. Like I no, visit no, for work. Uber, Uber, like not enough people talk about this, how, that, that Uber was actually a saving grace. Like that, mm. that there was like, you used to spend so much money on per, the, the most obnoxious ride you'll ever have in your life. You know, you, you just, you, you, you wanted to wash after, um, after certain cabs, you know? Yeah, and it was. I remember thinking, well, that that was sixty bucks just to get here. Like, look, what's what's the upside? Like, they, they didn't seem to be reward. Like, everybody drove drunk too. Everybody. Like, <laughs> it was just done. I was like, how do we get from here to there? And you know, in New Zealand, we just didn't do that. And I mean, that's quite a testosterone-driven culture in New Zealand. It's quite quite blokey and rara, and and and, and there's a certain um, uh, badge of honor for. Uh, for, for for being a drinking culture, you know, yeah, and yet, and yet we didn't we didn't drink and drive. We just didn't. No one in my generation did. Like even if you had a beer, but in, when I came to the states, I was like, how do we get around people? Like, well, we're just driving to the next place, and we, we would have had like four or five drinks. You know, mm. it was just that that was what was done. Well, it's a, yeah, I mean, I've been in I've been in cars in in LA where people are like, yep. Uh, we're going to go and it's like but i think part of it is the geography of the city so you go to a bar for a drink and then people are like should we go on somewhere and you're like hell yeah let's go on somewhere and they're like cool it's about 40 minutes away down the road so we're getting back in the car that's the thing isn't it like and and so you want you want to almost find it pick your spots well the 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 problem with la is that it it, it, it's the only major city in the world i think that doesn't have a center like it, Mm. it, it it didn't you know i mean they tried at the, at the beginning of last century. I mean, that, that was where all the studios were, were going to be. And then, and then guys like Chaplin and, you know, said, no, we're going off into the Valley because we get way more space for way less money. And, and they started building. And then, and then of course it was just a sprawling exodus, you know? And, um, 
but yeah, it's it's the only major city where you can't really pinpoint a center. Although I will say that um, I think you know I have a I, my kids are six and seven. My daughter Charlotte, she's seven, and my son Theodore is six. And I, I, I suspect if we don't completely annihilate the world um, in the way that um, the Greta Thunbergs of the world uh, prophesize, um, if, if if it's still around at the time that they can party, that the, I imagine that um, downtown will be the center again because it's it's actually kind of fun down there, and it's and more than that, Alex, it's concentrated. You know, it's it's mm. actually you can walk from here to here to there and, and sort of get to the next bar. You do have to, you know, step around. You know, uh, 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 folks who are incredibly unfortunate in doing so, which is which is part of the. Um, which is part of the de- depressing thing about the city too, but, yeah. but, but, but gradually they're getting sort of um, pushed out of, of those, those areas now too. And, and it's, it's more, it, it's sort of disseminated and, and become more of a part of the city everywhere you go. We have a real homeless issue here. Well, you've got Skid Row down in downtown still, cause it's crazy, huh? Because downtown is, um, it's just, you know, gentrification has happened and all the, the art community like like often yeah. happens when an area starts to become gentrified it's the artists who move in first and then they after that all the commercial uh, businesses yes. move in as well and i visited downtown i think they've got some crazy plans down there to dam part of the um the la river and i say that in inverted commas because i've never seen something that less resembles a river but nevertheless yeah. i think they're planning on damming part of it to create a water feature down there to really sort of go look downtown has changed it's lovely yeah it's interesting man i mean look and, and when you when you talk about like kind of the nucleus of where the the, the homelessness is or whatever it's not it's not that way anymore like the, the whole city's sort of becoming skid row in a way like what's it like where you are is there much is there a problem with homelessness where it's see you're, you're I, in london presumably right i am yeah 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 so i'm in london and yes i would say that Weirdly, it looks like it's increased, or I say weirdly, it has um, increased due to the effects of the pandemic and the fact that people who previously wouldn't have been in that position have been put in that position by... um, by the lack of support, by the consequences of the pandemic. So, yeah, it is still a problem in London, very much so. Yeah, well, and and these these cities are just so expensive. And also, too, I don't know if if England had the same issue, but, like, you know, around the mid-1970s, there there were a Mm. whole lot of people who were sort of cast into the streets um, when when this health system was beginning to crumble. And now, now of course, it's just just ashes. But Mm. um, in this country, like, there's a whole lot of people thrust into the streets who um, psychologically unwell, you know, and that, that, that sort of continues to this day. Yeah, it's funny. I mean, I, I, it's not funny, but it's funny that you say that because I was reading a, an article about LA. I, I'm fascinated by LA as a city for a lot of the reasons you've just outlined. Like, it's, it's, a, it's a crazy place. But yeah, apparently, like areas that previously did not have a homeless problem uh, now have people sleeping rough on the streets. And, um, and it's quite a shock to drive around LA more so than it ever has been previously. Like, uh, when was the last time you were here? <laughs> So it would be pre-pandemic. It was the Oscars 2020, just before it went into okay, lockdown. So fairly recently, yeah. But I mean, you go under the the overpasses and everything here, and it's just like there's not a bridge you can drive under now, like in my area, like where it's it isn't just sort of tent city, you know. And my mm-hmm. kids keep asking, "What's going on? Like, why is this happening?" Because they just didn't used to be there. They remember when it wasn't 
like that, you know. Mm-hmm. Anyway, God, we're, we're really kicking it off. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's it, it's interesting, and um, I mean, you know, having children, have you become more aware of sort of like when you quoted, what well, not quoted, but you mentioned sort of the the the, the cause that Greta Thunberg is obviously uh, a, a, a very vocal, um, you know, a figurehead for. Do you become more aware of the fact that? you know, your kids are going to outlive you um, and that you have to maintain like the planet for them. Is it something yeah, that became more apparent after you had yeah. children? It sounds like a convenient, I mean, you, you nailed it. Like that's what happens. You, you, you get, death might be something that occurs to you, but when you have kids, you, the cycle is really um, punctuated by, by that event, right? Like, so when you have so suddenly you realize, oh, they continue living, and I grow old, and, and you know, and die, and and there there is a, a sort of responsibility there, right? And it's it's you you're so brutally cognizant of that, like now, and it's it, look. On, I'll be honest with you, man. Like, um, I don't know how much longer I, I would like to be here. I mean, right now, it's, it's it's these are very expensive bubbles we're living in, you know, and the rest of the United States, well minus minus a handful of cities on the coasts you know you know like they're they're the rest of the country is significantly cheaper to live in you know mm. and like like i don't you know like i think of my life right like I, I don't i don't walk into rooms anymore i don't do meetings everything everything can be done by zoom everything mm. uh, as <laughs> witnessed here but but you know like um not that one would make a flight to london to do this but it's it's interesting it's kind of like it, it also has like pose the question like jesus what why was i getting in my car before i mean my my, you know my girlfriend is a uh um is a professional musician and she teaches as well you know and and like the the amount of times she would get stuck in traffic on the way to her uh you know teaching a student or whatever she's a a cellist and it's really interesting just like yeah like there there are things now when i when i am discussing with people like hey what are we going to do today um you know uh and, and and if there's a meeting involved, like it's it's always asked if there's going to be a Zoom now. It's like why why would we get in our cars? You know, I mean, it's probably doing wonders for um for, for reducing pollution, but it's just like this has changed us, man. Like this this mm. experience. It has, it has. I, but at the same time, you know, obviously it's fantastic to be able to talk to you on Zoom, and I'm you know I wouldn't ever have expected you to get on a plane to fly over for uh, sixty minutes no, of chat, have. but. No, but there, there would be. A, I do believe there would not not to do the conversation we're having or about to have a disservice. But there is a difference between if we were sitting in a room together and this. I, I think fundamentally, you you yeah. can never gauge a person on Zoom the way you can in the, it, 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 when you're sitting opposite them. Just because you understand the rhythm of conversation better, there's something about you can watch a person's face without a digital screen in front of and understand when they're going to pause and when, you know, there's there's something very, very lacking in a Zoom conversation compared right. to meeting someone. Did you do a lot, you know, like I don't know the origins of you. Like I've definitely heard of you before. Oh, thanks. Did you, did you, <laughs> no, it's, well, it's just, you know, it's the way it worked out. But, but, I, but did you do a lot of in-person stuff 
before this happened. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I did not know how to use Zoom before uh, this right, uh, this happened. So yeah, this is this is this is all new to me. And uh, despite the fact that I couldn't get my headphones to work at the start of this interview, I am now a competent Zoom user. Uh, however, I, I miss in person. I like I like in person. I mean, I don't like I don't like the formality of in person. You know, because obviously, if we were meeting in person, there were you know you'd be here promoting something. There'd be all the hoopla around that. People with clipboards, you know, timings and all the rest of it. We wouldn't be able to yeah. have the chat we just had. Yeah, yeah. But, but it would be nice to sort of sit down with you and and have a conversation. No, I, I, I totally understand that, especially in your in your line of work. And you you you, you know you require a certain set of skills. I'm making me sound like Liam Neeson. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and I don't mind that. I won't yeah, lie. Yeah, yeah. It's the only no. time in my life I've been compared to Liam Neeson. <laughs> Um, yeah, no, but but yeah, that 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 uh, for you are you're able to discern like what's going on, how it's how it's moving along. Whereas this can be slightly deceptive, and people are just in their own universes. You know, I mean, my phone went off just now. I, like it's only a matter of time before my dog scratches <laughs> the living fuck out of that door behind me. <laughs> um, I've seen I've seen him. It's almost like a horror movie. He keeps appearing at the window. Oh, yeah. He's he's the shark in Jaws. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but for you, I mean, have you shot anything during the pandemic, or have you have you yeah, been quiet? A few, a few things, and and it's you know, and it's been very you know controlled. And and, the, and I shot in the very beginning of, of lockdown, and that was that was just like walking into um, a surgical procedure. Like everybody was gowned and visored and masked and you didn't take anything off until the last possible moment that you got into, to shoot your stuff. Now it's a lot more relaxed, you know, mm. for, you know, as a consequence of the, the vaccinations and stuff. Wait, I, I need to ask you a question. Has, mm. has, it, has it become as heavily politicized the, um, the vaccinations in England as it, as it is in the United States, because there's a real division here in this country. Like as, in the strangest way that it's become sort of partisan and as, as if, and you know, the, the conspiracy theorists are like out in force and, and, and actually a lot of people on, and I'm now I'm talking about that from the conservative perspective, but on the liberal front, there's just a lot of people who are younger and like particularly young folks who just don't give a shit whether, whether they're carriers mm-hmm. or not. I don't know what it's like in England. It's exactly the same. Uh, Yeah, exactly the same. I mean, I think it always feels like things happen on a much bigger scale in America in terms of uh, both size and and the drama associated with it. I think even when we are, uh, when people are protesting here, it's never quite uh, as intense as it is in America because we are quintessentially British. So we'll protest, but we'll protest in a British way. But yeah, it is certainly um, lines have been drawn in the sand and you can meet people who you've known for years who you would just sort of assume would maybe get a vaccination, get both vaccinations, who will quite happily, without any qualms at all, go, no, I'm not doing it because, uh, I, you know, uh, of X reasons. And they will reel off a lot of reasons that are the hit points that they've read on social media that day or on a conspiracy website. You know, it's a very real thing. And I think because, you know, I think if anything, the pandemic has exacerbated it because more people are more, spending more time online, not necessarily meeting up with the people that they used to see who might go, what are you doing? That's mad. They're sitting there on their computer being indoctrinated. It's a strong word, but being convinced of stuff. 
Yeah, it's crazy. I was listening to a, a podcast the other day between Sam Harris and this microbiologist who's sort of like, you know, the for, one of the foremost sort of experts in the world about vaccines and vaccination and, and, mm. and the history thereof. And he was talking about what a triumph of modern medicine. Like it's, it's one of the greatest triumphs in medicine, the speed and the efficacy of, of these vaccines. You know, like mm. the, that, that, like the, the, the goal in those trials, which, you know, they, they labored, I mean, it was a bit of an arms race. And obviously there's a financial incentive there though mm. for, for the Pfizer's and the Moderna's of the world. But it's like they, they were trying to achieve this and, and, they, and they did in sort of record time. And the goal was like 70% efficacy. The fact that you have these vaccines at 93 and 95%, like it's, it's insane. And that, that that countries are quite literally like, you know, on bended knee, like begging for, for vaccines. Mm. And, the, and we're here. Yeah. We're, we're here saying, well, you know, they're, they're like fighting for the right to not, to, to not have a needle in our arm. It's, mm. it's, it's, it's insane. I, 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 I really just don't understand it. And have you got, have you got, because uh, it's, it's, it's quite, yeah. it's, it's quite a weird thing to talk about it in the abstract sense, these people who, and, and this, but have you got friends who've, who've said, I'm not, I'm not up for this. Have you spoken to them or does everyone, you know, are they on board with yeah, the idea of saving everyone, the planet? Everyone I know. Yeah. I've, I got that Johnson and Johnson, the one and done. I was fine for about, 36 hours and then i and then i just had to go to bed like i was like oh my god i was wiped out but it was i was i mean like the the, the army here in the u.s were really amazing they, they sort of mobilized at a local um at, at, at uh, uh a, not a college campus but like a um i don't know what you call it like a um community college campus like nearby and and they, they, it was so, they were so great, man. They'd, they'd organized it beautifully, and there was just such a sense of joy in, in the air. It was a pain in the ass driving into it. It took sort of hours just to, to you know, you can imagine that the, the, the traffic jam. But it was just like, and it was just so swift and beautifully executed once you were in there. Mm. And the military felt like it was, it was incredible. But, yeah, it's, it's been a real – and, of course, in the state that I live in, you know, uh, overwhelmingly people are, are – getting the jab but you know mm. the middle states in the south it's, well, it's, it's more problematic but you know we were talking about la and i, I mean you do live there and if we were a little bit down on certain elements of the sea but it but it is your home and i think fundamentally you do like being in la or are you over it well so it's the only place that i've ever considered as home alex honestly like when i was a kid i i, I um uh, you know, I, I moved from Canada to New Zealand when I was almost five. Mm. And, and I just always felt, um, you know, like a foreigner, even though, um, you know, I, I essentially grew up in New Zealand, but I just, I, I always felt um, just a little uncomfortable there. I, 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 New Zealand is gorgeous, don't get me wrong, but sort of grew up painfully aware that it was, you know, it had a real provincial sensibility, which is sort of part of its charm. It sounds, yeah. it sounds incredibly condescending, but it's, it's, it's very small. It's very separated from the world. God, and, and, you know, in the midst of all of this, in the midst of like what looks like a burgeoning apocalypse, you know, there's nowhere else in the world I'd probably rather be. But well, yeah, you're not alone there, though, are you? Like, you know, no, it's, I mean, that country is, you know, if you'd want to be anywhere, it'd be there. Uh, but but um, I have to say there's something that, that – I felt removed, you know, and um, so but I lived in, you know, 
uh, I stayed in Australia very briefly uh, when I when I sort of left New Zealand officially, then then lived in Canada for a little over a year, and I loved Canada. Canada was wonderful, but uh, but just in terms of career opportunities, there was um, there was a limit, you know, and you you kind of hit the the, the 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 stratospheres fairly fairly rapidly, and um, in the states, there just didn't seem to be a limit. So I, I stayed here illegally for a long time, you know, and um, and just slept on couches and, and whatnot in order to, to to stay here because it felt like home. I mean, I remember driving in after like I'd been living in Vancouver at the time for something like. You know, you know, a little over a year, as I said, but there was six or seven months of like straight rain, and then just took, it was almost like the clouds parted, and there was sunshine here. And I'd, I'd read about, it. I knew that, that LA had wonderful weather, but it was just like day after day of beautiful weather, and I thought I thought I'd just gotten lucky, but it's actually just the way it is. Hmm. Also, too, I was twenty five, twenty six years old, and and driving around and seeing the girls. The, between the girls and the weather, I was just like, um, <laughs> I think I'm weighing anchor. I think it's, it's, yeah, and it's it's felt like home for you know ever since you know. Yeah, I mean, I I can't speak to what it must have been like living in New Zealand because, like you say, you do. I've, I've been uh, a few times, and you do feel like you are at the ends of the earth, um, yeah. which is both good and bad. But yeah. I, I, like, I went to Christchurch, and that did feel like I was stepping back into the nineteen fifties. It's um, yeah. it's a crazy place there. Yeah, but. But it's funny that you like you say like now is the time you'd you'd want to be there because I I think I was reading the other day a lot of uh, a lot of the tech billionaires are currently in the process of building their uh, end of the world bunkers out in New Zealand I so that when them. when this actually goes to the next level and you know it's uh, riots on the streets and the end of the world is nigh they're going to go to their bolt holes in the New Zealand mountains outside Queensland uh, not Queensland Queenstown. Yeah, I was gonna say. Yeah. Shame on you. I <laughs> know. Come on, that's not bad. I got there in the end, but yeah, I like it out there. I was a proper tourist when I was out there. I did the whole Hobbiton, Middle Earth, Lord of the Rings tour, that whole shebang. I mean, it's great, but it's yeah. slightly touristy. My, my kids keep asking to go there. They haven't been there yet, and um, and I'm uh, I had planned to, but then the pandemic hit. Um, but I uh. Yeah, I'm reading The Hobbit at the moment. Actually, we're actually on the final chapter uh, as of last night, and they're it's this they're so excited. And they, they, <laughs> I told them about New Zealand and that you can go and visit, the, the, you know, the Shire and stuff like that. They they're just for that alone. They want to get yeah. on a plane for 27 hours or whatever it is. I mean, I'm an adult man, but drinking a beer in the Green Dragon in the Shire. Oh, we, oh, oh, oh you can do that. Oh God, you I didn't know that. that sounds amazing. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh it's great stuff. Hey, um, so I I had a hell of a weekend um because I had one of the most intense movie experiences of 2021 so far. Uh, Little I Miss watched... Sunshine. You watched Little Miss Sunshine. <laughs> it's unbelievable. Have you seen it? It's Man, so it's, good. It's, it's so violent. It's just so violent. <laughs> I know, like, and the and and the the language. I, I, you know, I didn't think I'd see like a live abortion. <laughs> it's uh, yeah, it's it's seriously full on. I mean, when Steve Carell opens fire at the pageant at the end, uh, yes. you're just like, didn't Talk see it about coming. Having a special set of skills that, that was, <laughs> was good. I just and then demasking, and then realizing that the whole time it was Gary Oldman playing <laughs> Steve Carell as their role. Just, I mean, Oldman is so good. The, um, <laughs> But anyway, 
<laughs> but yeah, no, I, I, I had the pleasure, um, and I, I mean this as a pleasure of, of watching the gut punch of a movie that is uh, your new film, Coming Home in the Dark. That is an intense watch, huh? Yeah, it is. And it, w- it was interesting. You, you, you're making me think of like the first time I watched it, which was online, to, you know, connected to a link. And I, I still haven't seen it in a theater yet. Oh, you um, didn't? Oh, Sunday. I can't. No, I guess Sunday was Sundance all, was all virtual, right. you know. Um, and it, yeah, and it was, it was just, it was, it was nasty. I mean, because look, man, I'm, I'm not a spring chicken. I'm 45. And this was, um, this was a real, this was one of those movies that you get, you know, um, once in a while in, in your career that, that is, or just a piece of work that's just incredible, you know, that um, you're incredibly proud of. I was nervous looking at it the first time and I remember watching it and thinking, oh, I'm actually engaging with this story. I'm not just, I'm not just looking at it and thinking how dreadful I am and, 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 the, and the scenes. Um, do you, wait, do uh, you do that? Is that, do you, are you, oh, yeah. I mean, I do that with coming home in the dark, right? I mean, there's, there's moments in there I see and I go, ah, I wish I'd done this or I wish I'd done that. Or, um, you know, the, 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 I don't, I don't think you're ever satisfied that there, there are real moments that you see and you think, okay, that's that. And you're, and you're able to remove yourself in that sense. But, um, yeah, it's, the, the more you know about filmmaking and the more you're part of the process, the less you're able, I think, to enjoy what you do. But it's a, it's a testament to the film's power that, you know, I can, I can watch it and get engaged, you know, mm-hmm. and it, I, I think, I mean, I, I'm very, very proud of, of that film and I loved working with James and, and kudos to the New Zealand Film Commission for, um, for making, for making that movie. Cause it's just defiantly uh, challenging to, to an audience. It's, um, I'm going to do the little, I, I, do, do you want to do it? Shall I do it? I mean, I think one of us should just, I, I, I'm good. I, I say this, I'm going to be very careful with this because I feel we need to yeah, do a little I, I bit know, of. I know exp- exactly where you're going. Yeah. I want to explain to uh, everyone what the film is without giving a single thing away because it, part of the joy of watching Coming Home in the Dark is the slow unraveling reveal of the mystery, let's say. But on the surface, I'll give it a shot and then you can jump in if you like and tell me that there is a little bit more we can say. But it's a, it's about a, a family who go hiking and uh, come across two strangers of a relatively unpleasant variety who then proceed to kidnap the family. End. Yeah, that, that's a good way of doing it. Yeah, exactly. The, the, that, that's all you want to say, really. The yeah, as the movie progresses, you start to realize there that there, there, there might be more to this abduction than you think. As yeah. I guess as, as far as I'll, I'll go, I'm just sort of I'm flirting. I'm flirting with the boundaries there, Alex. I, You're but, walking ever so close to the line, but I'm, yeah. I'm not. I'm not going to stop. Yeah, you. but it's I, really that's all you need to know. But like the 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 one thing I I love about the movie is that if you like anybody can withstand 20 minutes of even the worst film, right? And this happens to be a superb film, I think. And when you, by the time you're 13 minutes deep, you have a choice, like, you know, 13, 14 minutes in, you're like, okay, I guess I'm, I'm in. Like you, you don't have a decision. It just, it's just locks you in and there, there, there is no turning around. And I don't think I've seen a film quite like, that in, in a very long time if i have 
I mean, I remember watching um, Irreversible for the first time. Um, yep. Gus yeah, Noyes, you know, and which which hits with the same kind mm-hmm. of impact, you know, mm-hmm. in a different way. And once I realized oh, what I was in and what what we were like with, within the, that first, I would say five or six minutes, I, you know, I, I was like, oh, I'm in. Um, you know, I'm I, like, I, 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 this is an, I've, I've walked into a nightmare and I can't turn around. And that's, that's the last time I felt like, like that at, with, with a movie, but I mean, I'm in the dark is it's, it's deceptive our categories too, that we give to films because we've named this film as it's sort of described as a horror or a thriller. Yeah, I saw that. I was going to bring that up with you actually. It's uh, I think people call it a horror, a psychological horror which I don't think does it justice because it's no. it, there are some big, big themes at play that, again, I don't really want to get into, but I guess to keep it as loose as possible, there's a fascinating conversation about whether inaction to prevent something bad happening is as bad as the action itself, which right, I like think... If, yeah, if you're an observer or a witness to something, mm. to something terrible, does that... Inculcate. Does that does, mm. it, does that does that make you? Um, uh, are you complicit? Uh, mm. You know, in the crime, and that that's the question. I mean, and that's the thing about James and Eli. You know, is that like the, the writers? Like, you know, they, they took the short story and they, I think, for the purposes of the film, certainly made it far more rich and diverse. What that wasn't that wasn't the question that was asked by the by the book which is tremendous in its own way and it has it it has its own statements which and those themes are maintained within the uh, within the movie but this the, the, this piece of work is it, it belongs to James and Eli you know like it, it's um it's not you know it's 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 not the same animal and 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 I and I love and and, and nor would James ever make a movie that was strictly a horror like he yeah. reads a lot of horror but he's most fascinated by people who use that as a device to talk about what their thoughts are on the world like you know mm-hmm. he's, he, he reads i don't think i've ever read, met anybody who reads as prolifically as james i mean i'm talking about good and what i would consider kind of average stuff you know he's, he's just he's he's amazing he's a machine and, and and but he's he's really into um thematically things that and and, and I, what, that's what, sort of what i love about the film it, it really asks you questions and it doesn't necessarily answer them all for you you know it doesn't, no, it, just, yeah. it, doesn't it doesn't spoon feed you and it expects you to be intelligent I, I i'm really curious to see how how what the reaction will be to it you know i i, I know that one thing that's pleased me is that even people who haven't liked it which has been amazingly kind of rare Mm. They're they're almost angry or um or embittered or it's, or or there's something something you know and and for me I'm like I'm like good the the movie's living with you like for me if you ask me a film that I saw even three sometimes I'll be like fifteen twenty minutes into a movie before I realize I've seen it before and it's just that forgettable you know mm. um the 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 mind has a way of dispensing with that which does not move it you know and I there's you cannot watch this film and forget it. I don't. I don't care if you. <laughs> no. Even if even if you believe you hated it, which to me is a, is a beautiful effect that, that that a piece of, if a piece of art can move you that much. But if even if you even if you truly believe you hated this movie, it will live with you. Like there's just no question you you won't ever forget this this movie. 
No, no. So, I mean, I watched, uh, you know, through for work, I had about six movies to watch this week, and it's the only one I still am thinking about on, on Monday morning, um, which is a good thing. I think you're right. I think some people, I think there is the potential because there is a certain ambiguity to it that some people might go, oh, I need my definite ending. Yes. I'd argue that I walked away asking questions and having discussions with the person I watched it with about what that could mean and the reasons behind it. And to me, that is, that, that is what I wanted from this film. I think, you know, I think it delivers a, a payoff that is, is worthy of everything that's gone before. That's me. I'm sure some people might go, but what, but what does that mean? Which isn't a bad thing. I'm not saying those people are wrong. No, I'm saying- I, I think that's a wonderful thing. Look, you know, the, the, look, I have my questions as well. Like, I, I you know, I, I had there, there were moments in the script which I really went through with James ad nauseum. You know, like I was like, look, is is this it? Like, is is this where we're taking this here? Like, not suggesting change necessarily, just saying, uh, you know, uh, are, are we meeting those needs enough? You know. Those are worthy questions, especially before you're about to step in and do what you're going to, going to do, particularly with what I had to do, you know, in that movie. And, and, and it required nothing less than complete commitment, you know. But um, And no I, reservations. You, when you read it, you didn't have any reservations. No, like I it. knew it was. I, as soon as, I, like, I was frightened of it, I, it, it, it had me, it, it just, the, the script hits with with a lot of the same impact that the film did, but not 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 close. But, the, the, but when you it, when you read, let's call it that moment in that scene, what was yeah. did, did did that come off the page? Were you because I know oh, what I, it feels like to watch that scene, and I know the yeah. effect it had on me. Was well, that apparent in the script? Yeah, I mean, like I have said this in several interviews. You know, like I stood on my feet and howled like a banshee. Like I, I've, and I've never done that with a script before. I stood and howled. I mean, I mean, like I couldn't believe. Like it was, it was, it was incredulity. Really, it was just like you know, because the the thing that James plays into that very few filmmakers do, and it's like movies are terrible now. But they're, 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 they're the worst. And the, 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 <laughs> what do you really no, think that? Oh yeah, I think I think that filmmaking is at an all time. I think that people make terrible films now. I, I, I rarely see something that I think is good. I almost never do. There are amusement parks that, you know, that I'm stealing from Scorsese there, but it's just like, they're just silly. Television is, has really upped its game. And, and, you know, according to a sort of a new culture of, of home theater, you know, there's, there's definitely some, some great television. I, 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 would, I would venture to say that a lot of the best writers are, are in television, but, but movies have died. Movies are dead. Like, um, and, it used to be that a movie like this was the movie that people would, you know, as we'd say in New Zealand and England, queue, queue up around the block for, you know, mm-hmm. line up around the block for, you know. And, um, but um, those, those days are, are, are gone. But there's, there's nothing, I, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not interested. Look, you know, to, to, to discuss what you said before, you said, you know, you left with a whole lot of questions. Well, to me, the question is more important than the answer. It's, mm-hmm. If you if you are inviting your audience to be a filmmaker with you in their minds, like if you like that's a successful film. If you're supplying them with everything, like with a whole lot of answers, you're not engaging them. And I, I just feel like the responsibility of the artist is to um, elicit a change in 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 the, in the person observing that art. You know, and there's no we're not we're we're, we're, we're 
condescending our audiences now. We're, we're asking them to, we're, we're, we're beseeching them to be stupid. We're on bended knees saying, you're, you're a dummy. And, 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 and this is what I love about what James has done. Like, the, the, you know, sorry, I'm on a rant. No, no, it's fine. It's fine. I, I, I appreciate it. I just wonder, but I mean, I get exactly what you say, but I, I bet your kids love Marvel movies, right? Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. So they're, they're a little young. Um, and, and yeah, the, uh, sh- sure, that they, they don't mind being entertained and lost. I'm not saying that these films aren't, that films aren't now engaging. Mm. They're just terribly acted. And, um, and, and, and that doesn't even matter anymore. Uh, or it's, and, and I'm talking about by, by major stars, you know, these, they're, 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 like the, the, the craft has gone out the window. And I do it's, it's like that joke in Birdman. Um, it, it was, uh, uh, yeah, well, Bird, Birdman. Birdman's exceptional, you know. But, but the, you know, the, the joke Bird... where Michael Keaton goes, Renner, they got Renner now. <laughs> about well, the MCU. Or Jeremy Renner. Yeah, well, yeah, well, well, actually, he's a good actor, though. Like, I mean, like, he, he really is. Like, he's, he, he's, I mean, I, I, I've met Jeremy a few times, and I'm not saying that just because I'm, I'm acquainted with him, but. Mm. Jeremy's really good, but 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 the but the Jeremy Renner's a few and far between. But I, but I but that movie is stunning. I mean, did you see um some? And so maybe I'm going to have to eat my fucking words here because uh, <laughs> in, there was that beautiful movie. Did you see Roma? Yes, I, I did. I mean, Alfonso Cuarón. Yeah, that that like to, to me, I'm like, oh, okay, so 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 filmmaking's still alive. But like, I'll see 
two or three of those a year, you know, that, that, that actually have the sort of the, the courage to sort of withhold and make you ask those questions. But, but when, when we, it's become um, pageantry now and demonstration and, and it's not, it's not, it's not like people want, people want uh, their escapism and they want to feel good. And it's not the same thing as, 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 as inviting them into like, again, just going back to that thing we were saying before about living with movies. Stop. You can stop me if I'm boring you. No, 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 no. I mean, this, this fascinates about about inviting people to be your co-creator, you know, that's, that's the thing that lives with them. Like, I've I've seen these Marvel, you know, the, the movies. Of shit, I was in one of them, you know, and and I, but I can't. Oh yes, I, no. I, yeah, I just sorry. I just... was rather rather a good one of of, of, of the franchise. And it's a total privilege, and I'm super grateful. But it's not it's not asking you anything that t- terribly deep. And and unfortunately, because of the the deluge of. Um, uh, CG and 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 the beautiful things that the, that computers can now make with with the image you're watching, you're, you're sort of even less and you're, you're engaged in a very superficial level, but it's not it's not going deep, you know. And, yeah, uh, I, I, I understand what you mean, and and, and for the record, I, I agree. Spider Man Two, which was obviously at the very start of this, you know, was a uh, was a was was Sam Raimi, who's a you know had earned his wings, you know, delivering fantastic movies like Evil Dead and what oh, yeah. have you. I think that I. I to me, look, I, I don't, I don't mind uh, these sort of big event movies, the, the mega movies that cost two hundred million dollars. Uh, and I, I think the problem is that we no longer get mid-budget movies in the sixty million dollar mark, maybe you know the fifty million dollar mark, which are original ideas but still deliver on that that spectacle that we used you, to get. You nailed it. You know, we, we, we either have these mega ones or you're, you're scrabbling around trying to raise, you know, a million dollars for your your movie. And it's 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 polarized one or the other. There's no middle ground anymore, which is so, the unfortunate no, you, thing. You nailed it. So at the end of the m- m- mid aughts, mid to late aughts, the the Warner Independence, the Paramount Vantages, the, you know, all these smaller independent arms of the studios because the studios for a period were making very real money out of their 15, 20 million dollar films. These were the movies that Julia Roberts or, you know, um, uh, Clooney would get greenlit back in those days because they had taste and, and they would get these like little films made for, for, for a decent budget and, and, and they could be incredibly profitable and they could not be, you know, like, but, what what we're seeing now is the hedging of bets. And so studios now are like, you know, when I first came to town, like, you know, Disney was making, you know, a lot of films per year, like, you know, in the early 2000s, they were making, I mean, I don't know, close to a hundred or something like that. And they, they, they make what now, two or three m- movies a year. And it'll be a star Wars film. It'll be a Pixar and it'll be, you know, it's, it's hedging. It's, it's a business. You know, it's not, so that the, the world, when, when that's the driving force, it's, you're not talking about storytelling anymore. You're talking, now I, I'm, I'm with you. Look, I, I don't have, I'm not allergic to, um, to, to, to the, to the large th- uh, tentpole movie, you know, like, like I'll watch those and I can switch off and, and enjoy them and, and they can be fine. I mean, particularly when you have kids, you know, they're going to want to watch um, whatever Pixar has just cooked up or whatever, you know, but, 
in terms of like, you know, the, 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 there was a period, particularly at the end of the 90s, you know, where larger film, like look at a film like, like Fight Club, right? Mm. I mean, like Fight Club was, you know, was, I mean, Brad was already an enormous star at that point. So was Edward Norton. This was a, this was a quote unquote tentpole, but it was, it was really, you know, there was, I think it was the same year. I want to say it's the same year as Three Kings and, you know, and I believe Magnolia came out that year. And like, you know, you had these, these stunning, like gigantic films with incredible casts that, left you like, and just like, I still, you know, like who doesn't think about fight club, you know, like it's, yeah. it, it, it pierces the social consciousness we haven't made a movie. Like we haven't made a movie quite like fight club since it's, since it was around, you know? Yeah. I mean, I, 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 I fundamentally agree with you on all those points. I think fight club is, is it's, it's kind of unique. I don't, I don't, I, I don't think even if we were still making movies that I think fight club costs around $60 million. I don't think even if we were making movies for around $60 million based on, you know, a Chuck Palahniuk book. Um, yeah. I, I fight club is so unique. It's like, it's, it's difficult to compare anything to it. I think there are still uh, films coming out. I mean, I guess more importantly, rather than me going, no, there, there are, it's like you work in this industry, obviously. And, uh, how do, how does that make you feel? Because you know it, it must be. I don't want to say depressing, but for the industry, for you to be, I guess, disillusioned with the industry that you actually work within must be quite, um, you know, quite a melancholy feeling. No, um, it, like it's since well, you know, you, you need to you need to be instrumental in, in changing that. You know, it's why I, you know, gambled and took this film, and luckily we're seeing, you know. The, um, look, it's made a, a, a decent splash thus far. Hopefully, hopefully it continues to, to sort of ripple outward, but you can be, you can be a participant in that change. Now, look, am I going to take the next film, the next payday for a thing that I don't entirely, it's what people forget about actors. You know, it's always amusing when you're doing interviews and people go, what drew you to this role? And you're like, I need to pay my fucking bills, you know? <laughs> and, you know, but the, 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 and, but the, the truth is like, yeah, like I, um, I, I'm, I'm going to work to, to survive, you know, that that's going, going to happen, but I'm still also allowed my thoughts and I'm not going to be ashamed of those thoughts. Mm-hmm. Like we're, we're, we're so politically correct now that we say, well, is this biting the hand that feeds you? Is this, well, I, I don't know. I'm not specifying anyone or anything. It's just, I know what I'm interested in and, and I'm, I don't want to be ashamed of, of having those tastes. I do also think it's important, you know, like I'm writing something right now, which I'm happy to get into development later, you know, which is, and, and, and the, the first thing I think of when I'm, when I sit down to write every day is what, what, what can I, what can I put down today that truly terrifies me? That is something that I've never seen before, you know? And, and, and because that's really the only place that uh, for, for me, for me, I'm not saying that everybody else has to have these thoughts. I'm saying I'm again, all of this is personal, but I think that, you know, and do, do, do I think that it's depressing that I can't go to a movie theater and I'm not sitting with a packed house in front of the equivalent of um, Last Tango in Paris? Yeah, of course I do, man. Of course, of course I find that a bummer. Uh, uh, you know, that the, um, the, the Romans of the world aren't, aren't nearly held as in, in high regard as like Avengers Endgame. Sure. Like I, it's, I, I wish it was a slightly different world like that, but, but there's, there's, there's always going to be outliers and there's always going to be the, the movies that are, obscenely popular um 
but you have to be to, to my circuitous way of answering this question is look just what what am i like the question is always like what am i going to do to make that change because i'm definitely going to make other commercial things i've got to survive but i'm but i also want to make certain that every day i'm taking at least uh, you know one measured step towards um towards the transformation that I'd, I'd like to see and that's great. I mean, uh, I, I don't know whether you've been writing between now and uh, Broken Kingdom, because, you know, I, I remember reading about what an experience that was uh, for you. Unfortunately, I will say this, you, I can't get Kingdom Come in the UK, where it's not available in the UK, but I am desperate to watch the documentary, just in case anyone doesn't know the documentary about you for five years trying to get your film yeah. uh, Broken Kingdom made, which I have seen and I really enjoyed. I think that's a great film. Um, oh, thank you, man. I appreciate that. We did that on Shoestring. Like, I mean, Which, but it, it doesn't look like it at all. It looks, it's a well, that's, gorgeous that's, looking film. Look, it's, it's, it's also has its flaws too. I'll be the first one to say like, I, I, I it's far from perfect. I, I, I looked at the, you know, when I, I haven't looked at the film movie in about seven or eight years and, and I'm kind of frightened to, to be honest. Um, but it was also my first movie, you know, and, and I learned so much. Um, I was very blessed in that closely following that I got, a whole lot of work, which meant that I couldn't do stuff for basically a decade, you know, mm. and now I'm in a position where I kind of can again, I, th I think if God willing, and if, if uh, COVID allows us. So, um, so you are writing again though. Well, that that's cool. Cause I, I wondered how long it takes to sort of recover from the process. Cause uh, again, reading around it, like, I mean, it sounds like uh, quite a, a, a soul crushing experience, but you did come out the other side with a movie, um, yeah. a good movie. You're a better, you're a better artist too. Like when you've had your soul destroyed, like, like that, you're, mm. um, I was a better actor. I was a better, I, I was like, I was a, you, you're braver. You're, you're also slightly more frightened in a, in, a, in a strange way. You know, my father was in the military and, um, he, uh, when he was younger and um, he, he talks about parachute jumps and said that the, the first one isn't the scariest, you know, the, the first leap from the plane isn't the scariest because you're sort of taking a, a jump into the unknown, you know, mm -hmm. he goes, it's the second one. He says, this is the second one's the most frightening. And in a way I equate that to any apprehension I have about my second experience. Cause look, you, you know, out of the gates, you, you know, we're not all going to be true foe with the 400 blows, you know, we're not, we're not necessarily all going to be, um, you know, uh, Jordan Peele's get out, you know, like, um, I didn't, I, I, I but you know, the, 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 your first film might not necessarily strike, um, and put it this way. There's a rift between the talent that you sort of have and, what you're, what you're seeking to achieve. And sometimes you can't quite span that. Like sometimes you can't quite nurture into the world, something that, that resembles what you originally thought it was going to be. But, but the, um, but now, and now I feel like I, I, I you know, I've had much more experience and I was able to direct during my time on, on the originals. And, um, and I think I know how to do what I want, would like to do. I think and, I do. I don't know, but, but I'm, I'm also shit scared. 
<laughs> hey, that's the best. That's the best place to be. You got. I, I think that fear is what drives us forward. It's uh, it's complacency and sort of a, an innate satisfaction that uh, that dulls the creativity. You you know, fear and uh, and hunger. I think go hand in hand, and a desire to change. It sounds like you know. It sounds like you know you're in a place where that's there. You're in the perfect place to make that happen. Like I went through a period where I just sort of went, yeah, and that little shrug there, that meh. And you know, if you lose sight of going, actually, I want to get better at this. I want to do this. I want to explore this and this and this. And you know, okay, so, so talk to me about what you'd like to do. <laughs> uh, like what, 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 what's, what's, what, what's the, 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 the in terms of the globe on Atlas's shoulder? Like, what's your what, what, in terms of what you would like to achieve, That's, would it be would it be uh, would it be uh, an iteration of the, this show into something else? No, no, no. I enjoy doing this because I I enjoy uh, talking to uh, people like yourself, people creatives who make films, who uh, uh, work in in this industry. No, I am. Um, I've just uh, oh, this isn't my look. I, I I always feel a little bit. Um, funny about being asked questions just because i'm so not used to it. it this is like i like the control i'm a massive control freak so uh so being asked a question no i i, I enjoy writing like yourself i've uh, i've written a um a, a a tv series because like you i believe tv is uh, a, yeah. a much more exciting medium to explore stuff it is very early days it's just been optioned i'm very proud of it so Beautiful. you know touch wood something will happen with it but but well, yeah job <laughs> all right give me a fucking job <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah well but yeah i think um, i think <laughs> i think writing is uh as i'm sure you know full well it's just such an exciting process that when you get into it it offers an escapism that um that is is it's equivalent to watching a a great movie except that you're controlling the plot to lose yourself in a piece of writing and really you know, yeah, forget, it's, it's, forget it's, time also, it's also incredibly lonely, very mm. hard, very demand. Like it's there, there's something you 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 need to just sort of show up and and do do what you can. And there are days where you might write pages of work, mm. you know, and maybe it's all shit. Maybe it's you know, maybe it's all great. Who knows? And then there are days where you you'll sit there and. And like, you're lucky if you get a couple of paragraphs, it's inconsistent. It's not like, it's not quite like going to the gym, although one no. should approach it with the same attitude, you know? Yeah. And, I think there were... Especially if you're, if you're trying to do something you've never seen, like truly have never seen like that's, that's, um, that, that becomes really hard because even as you're writing this thing, you're like, am I deliberately sabotaging this because so, so that it never gets made? Or, but, but then there's also that part of you that's like, well, don't know, be braver. Say, say, say the thing that you really mean. Say the thing that you want to say. And God knows there are precious few venues to do that anymore. We're, we've become so pathetic. I, I, just, I, I just think culturally we're, we're so savage to one another. And, we're, we're, and like art to me is that place where we should take risks and talk about the things that frighten us and challenge us. And there, there seems to be this, what am I trying to say? I'm, I'm not even trying to protect myself by saying this because I don't care. Um, it's just at the moment, there seems to be like, if you have these ingredients and then, then that's a good piece, 
or if you have these actors, or if you do this, or if you, or if you talk about this subject matter. Like, I went and saw that movie um, Pig the other night, the, uh, the, Nick oh, the Cage. Nicholas Cage, yeah, it's fantastic. Yeah. yeah, see, I didn't like it at all. And, oh, wow. Uh, and, yeah, I thought it was like a student film after minute 15. I thought it was beautifully shot. I thought, mm. I thought, I, I thought that the premise was really, really interesting. Mm. And I thought, and I thought that everything thereafter was just kind of amateur hour. I thought that, the, I thought that was, it, it, I was predicting every scene before it happened. Maybe not the scene where he goes into the sort of the fight club thing. Okay. Maybe. Okay. Okay. Good. Cause that <laughs> was what I, I was I, just I, about I, to I say. I didn't predict that. But mm. everything else, every scene, I was saying dialogue before they'd open their mouths. You know, my, my girlfriend hit me at one point. She could stop saying the lines before they say them. Like, because <laughs> I knew, I knew it was coming. I knew, and and that's not. And look, and, and like, it, it sounds vicious to sort of say this stuff about like a young young filmmaker. I think I think that that film was sold on its premise. I, I didn't. Nick Cage didn't do anything in that performance that I like. If, if you told, if you told me what the scene was and said, oh, Nick Cage is in it. I could have visualized in my mind exactly the delivery, exactly what he was going to do. There was no, there was no surprise. I like the idea of a man going and searching for his truffle pig. That's, and I think that that film got very lucky with its premise, but it just, it, yeah. And, and I, I just, I was like, did you know, that's, you that's, know sort of what's, that's sort of what's selling films now. It's, it's, it's that gimmick. Now, no, no, you can make that argument about coming home in the dark too. That people will say, well, there, there's, there's something that's startling in the beginning, you know? And, mm -hmm. you know, again, we won't, we won't ruin that, but, but I think that it carries over the finish line, something kind of interesting and, and challenging. It does, but I mean, look, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's not my battle to fight, but on the subject of pig, I mean, the end, crushed me like i like you say you say that you predicted every scene i did not predict which way it was going to fall at the end in terms of you know whether uh it would be i'm trying to talk about this without spoiling pig for anyone but well I, i'm gonna fuck by it. the way I'm gonna, be, I'm gonna be crucified for saying this stuff to you crucified i don't think you are but i don't care like it, it's interesting it's like because it's just there's such an overwhelming response to to that movie, and it's just like, no, that's not you know, go go and watch some Chan Park Walk, or go and watch you know that there are, and I sound like a snob now, but uh, but I, I don't care. It's the uh, yeah, I'm sorry, I interrupted you. Were saying no, 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 I'm no, not at all. I I I mean, I can't speak for everyone. For me, it's a very simple thing. Of you know, I I love a movie where the uh, protagonist is more interested in a pig than he is in people. And I, I yeah, no, you know, no, that was the, the, and that's the premise, and that was great, and that's the that's the great nobility and virtue of that piece. And the mm. first fifteen minutes are stunning. Like it's stunning. Like the, the greatest scenes were between him and the pig. Yeah. It was, pig, pig, I mean, like that, that pig was adorable. And, and I, I loved that relationship. I, I could have, I could have done a, a, like a lot more of the movie with, with him and the pig. Mm. Um, it's weird that the scene, that, the, the scene that you couldn't have, the, the scene that you didn't see coming is actually with the, the chef fight club is the only scene that I think actually, <clears throat> excuse me, is the scene that felt like a student film. It felt like a funny idea that really was, you know, didn't go anywhere. It was, it felt like, no. a, a stu it felt like, Hey, what if there was a chef fight club? And it was just like, but why and what and everything else I was totally yeah. on board with. And like I said, I liked it, but it's weird that the one thing that is the unexpected turn was too much for me. 
Like now, whether that's because yeah. I've, I've become conditioned to sort of go, but why, um, you know, and uh, I was actually having this conversation with someone today. It's like, you know, where do you draw the line, <clears throat> excuse me, between doing something original just because it's original uh, and where do you go? But actually an audience will understand this better, even if it is more wrote and it's been done before and they're you know they've seen it before but that's why it's there and just to sort of throw the baby out with the bathwater to make the point of going but you've never seen this isn't necessarily great filmmaking yeah i mean and and and, and is there going to be ever be a consensus about what's great filmmaking i mean i've walked out of some films and thought like like, like, what is a David Lynch film, right? Like, I, like, I mean, and yet, I, and yet, I have to watch everyone, and I, and I, and and they, they pierce your consciousness in a way, your subconscious in a way that is truly haunting. Like, I, there's, I don't know what the fuck, I do not know what the fuck Lost Highway is about. It doesn't stop me from watching it. Honestly, I'll watch it four times a year because like, I, I just wow. can't, I can't get enough of that movie. And like, I mean, I, he, he did one. He did. He shot one on video called Inland Empire, and he yeah. didn't even shoot it on HD. He showed it on <laughs> shot it on a DV camera, and that movie is stunning. Like to the like, it's almost kind of better because he shot it lo-fi. Like, what is it about that guy's creation that makes each scene compelling? I was watching that brand new Cherry Flavor thing the other the other night. It's a it's a um, it's a show on Netflix. Yeah, yeah, I'm aware of it. I haven't watched it. It's really it. interesting, and I love Catherine Kinnear and everything. Um, and and I can see a lot of the influence, the influence of Lynch in that film. And I was watching it, thinking, and I, I turned to my girlfriend at one point and I said, "Why isn't this as compelling as a David Lynch? Like, why is why when I'm watching Twin Peaks do I want the next scene and the next scene, even if it's inane or silly, because he's quite quirky and funny and, and goofy, yeah. you know, at times." Why is it with Lynch's work that we want the next moment? To, you know, so you know, like I'm not the hugest Tarantino fan in the world, but I want the next moment. You know, why? Why is it that these guys can compel you into into this next moment? Uh, and and I kind of was like, well, that's that's an art. You know, that's that's beautiful skill. I, I do think that the answer is that they've got something to say. I do think that most filmmakers today, and this, you know, don't. You know, Bergman said this at the end of his life. He said, you know, like he was talking about um, young filmmakers from his little island of Faro off the coast of Sweden, you know, and he was saying, look, you know, I, I see a lot of these, these aspiring filmmakers and, and, and young filmmakers. And he goes, they can do things with a camera. It's, it's positively gymnastic. I couldn't, I can't do the things that they can do. And they're, they're, they're beautiful. And some of them are visually more talented than, than I I have ever been, you know, but I always felt like I had something to say and he just sort of leaves it hanging in the air there. I think this is the last interview he did before he died. And it's true. It's like Bergman was always saying something. I'm not, you know, we, we can always sort of superimpose what we, what, 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 what we're saying about the world onto things afterwards. I mean, I've, I, I heard Guy Ritchie the other day um, doing an interview with Joe Rogan and, and, um, Yes, I was listening to Joe Rogan. I was watching. I was watching. I was curious to hear. And guys, incredibly uh, uh, charismatic and, and enchanting. And he, he was talking about um, storytelling. And and I was thinking that's interesting that you're this deep. Like I, mm-hmm. I, I didn't, you know, 
because, and I guess, I guess I'm of the generation where I saw sort of lock, stock and snatch, you know, so clearly I need to watch some of his, his films as he's matured, you know, but it's interesting, um, his philosophy, his approach to. Yeah, he's, yeah. Um, Weirdly enough, I had exactly the same uh, surprise with him. I uh, interviewed him for a very long time and uh, I was on the set of one of his films and I got to interviewing him and he was more, that sounds rude, more engaging than I'd expected isn't what I meant, but very much more interested in the power of film and the reasoning behind what he was doing at various points in his life and when he was ready to tell certain stories and why each story was the right time for him to tell which um, was fascinating. Um, you know, it's slightly lessened by the fact we were on the set of King Arthur, but if you take that out of the equation, it was still a very valid point. Yeah, man. It's interesting. We, I'm, I'm conscious of the time. I, I, yeah, I have to you've go. got to go, man. We've just no, like... We've I, been... No, 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 no. I just want to let you know I have 15 minutes and then I have to, I have to go. You have 15 minutes. Uh, well, listen, uh, the one thing I did want to say is um, we haven't really sort of talked about... I mean, you've touched on Mandrake, the character you play in this movie. I, I've been reading a lot of what's been written about it and people are and I will include myself in this people is uh, a very, very like, this is an incredible calling card for you, which sounds weird because obviously you've been acting for quite some time now, but this does feel like a departure for you in terms of anything I've seen you do on screen before. Do you feel like that? And do you feel that this is a new chapter for you as an actor in terms of what this role has well, not what it's done for you yet, because the movie's out next month, but what it is done for you yourself. Well, thank you, thank you for saying that, man. That's incredibly kind of you to say. And yeah, of course, man, that, that was the reason for doing it. Like, you know, I, I've the, the the problem with becoming really well known for a certain couple of roles, you know, and, if, and by the way, I'm incredibly grateful for those roles. Um, is that you become sort of uh, I, I, iconically attached to, to, to that persona and that idea. Hmm. I mean, it's no accident that, you know, there, there were some offers, you know, uh, in, in the, in the wake of that, that were very much like, you know, Elijah from the vampire diaries or the, the originals. And, um, and then it's interesting with, I've seen, there's, there's been a couple of things which have come in recently, clearly people who have seen, coming home, you know, and, um, and I've gone from like, you know, character description being dapper, a gentleman, clean cut, like, you know, uh, selective with words and to mountain man, like grubby, fucking, <laughs> like just reprobate, like a filthy, almost, almost a transient looking, you know, hobo. Like it's, it's just, it's amazing how little imagination people have uh, and, and it's just the stereotyping is um it's a phenomenon and, and and we have to wrestle with it and yet and yet i'm grateful that i have that phenomenon to wrestle with but yes i'm i, I do well of course I, I would love things to change you know i i'm old enough and ugly enough to be able to say well, that i that i'm good you know that i'm i'm I, I know i know i'm good like i wouldn't be doing this if i if i if i didn't think i was and if this is if this can uh, open any doors to to worlds that are more interesting to me, then yeah, of course I'm incredibly excited about that. You know, 
Um, I also think I'm terrible, by the way. I'm not, I'm not, and I'm not just saying that as a chaser to, to, to sort of douse it with some humility. I, I, um, you know, they're like rarely am I satisfied with the performance I did, but I, but I know that I work, I invest hard and, and I, I want, you know, any creature that I bring to, to, to the screen to, to have, to, to, to feel like you know him somehow or, or, or that you could encounter him. That's funny. Well, not funny, like terrifying. I think one of the most chilling things about Mandrake um, in Coming Home in the Dark is the fact, and it's interesting to to know how you go about doing that because you walk so close to this line of, uh, you know, of being a sort of, you know, he is a villain. He's a psychopath. Uh, and yet he's just the right kind of psychopath in so much as the chilling quality is you, he doesn't exist in the world of horror movies. He exists in our world in the real world he is someone who you could genuinely believe in the most horrible circumstances you could stumble across how do you go about making sure you don't cross that line into i don't want to use the word cartoon but too much too much yeah. of a movie well, villain you know i'm not sure i didn't but the, the, no no the, 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 there was there was what it's interesting because i you know i did my very best to make him as as human and as um I didn't want him to be like Rutger Hauer in the, in the Hitcher, you know, I, I, I was, I was frightened of that. I like, which by the way, I think is marvelous performance, but I, I didn't want to be, uh, you know, I, I had to love him, you know, like mm. you have to love these people. And it's kind of part of what I love about what I do. I, I love my job because you're finding love and compassion for these otherwise like ostensibly reprehensible and repulsive creatures it it teaches you compassion for yourself because god knows we all most of us carry around with us a litany of things that we'd 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 like to see changed about ourselves and and we'd you know because we're we're we're, there's a hole in each of us as as charlie kaufman says there's a hole in each of us and we and we recognize that hole you know um (laughs) to insert sexual joke there (laughs) The, the um the um the but you know, I, I, I guess what I'm saying is like, I, I, I love, I love my job because for, I guess the first thing I try and do is find some kind of love for them, like some kind of affection and, and, and also to recognize that they're a product of their circumstances and not, they're not like, um, just, a you know, as you say, a cartoon of evil, you know, I, I don't, I'm, I'm not sure that I believe in evil people. I just believe in, the, the, the sum total of um, evil circumstances. Yeah. And I think that's the incredible thing about this, uh, this performance. And I'm not just blowing smoke up your ass. I'm just saying the fact that that scene in inverted commas at the start for that to happen and you to be the or architect behind that scene. And yet for me to feel sympathy for that very same character later on in the film, I think is quite an achievement. Uh, in performance well, thanks man i appreciate that and but credit where credit's due the architect was james and, <laughs> and our dp but but yes but but I, but I was certainly one of the um one of the builders on the on the yard um yeah it's, it's very sweet of you to say man um well, hey, yeah. no yeah. worries man um so what's next what are you up to next are you going to finish your script are you got any of the job yeah, lined up I, I i think i have a job lined up which of course i can't discuss um but you know um 
I, I met with somebody just recently who's a, um, going to be a showrunner on a, on a, on a very interesting little show. And, um, and I'll, we'll, we'll see if that takes flight. She already has her investors uh, surrounding her and whatever reason she believes that I can be one of the, um, central components of that. So that's, that's, that's kind of exciting, but I, I can't talk about that in, uh, for at least, at least another couple of months. Um, Based but, on yeah, our and, conversation and, earlier, it's, it's not going to be Transformers, the TV series or anything like that, is it? Oh shit. I would kill for that. I would love it. Is there a Transformers TV series? <laughs> no, no, no. I just meant I've tried to think of the biggest, dumbest movies I could and turn it into a TV series. I, I, I do all of them. Like I'm a, I'm a total fucking whore and, and, I, and, and I have no shame about that. It doesn't mean that I, 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 I don't think that, that, um, I, that, that doesn't mean that I'm not sad that, that the movies have sort of become what they've become, but also too, we, we can't even go into cinemas now. So what's the, you know, are they, are they not just, open there? What, 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 no, I mean, you, you know, that they, they are open, they are open here that there's obviously like distancing rules and things like that, and, you know? Mm. Um, and, but yeah, it's just, you know, I think people people are wary too. They're not going to the movies in droves. I mean, people have learned, especially during COVID, that, that they can watch, they have their cinematic experience at home. And I don't think there's... It's terrible. It's that. terrible, which is another reason why, and I, will, I guess we'll end with this because you got to go, but I will say that one of the reasons that I knew uh, Coming Home in the Dark was uh, such a, an intense watch is, and I, I hate myself for this, but, you know, you're sitting on your sofa. It's not like the movie theater. So you've got your phone sitting there on the arm of the chair, and I'm guilty of it. If I... I'm not yeah. engaged with a movie. I'm going to pick it up. I'm going to check my emails. And I, yeah. I, I'm, I'm loath to say that, but it's true. And I didn't do that once. Not once. Oh, that's good. To, that's good to know, man. It's good. Yeah, it's mm. pretty impossible after that, after the scene. Um, hey, man, thank you so much for taking the time to talk to me, man. It's really, really incredible to talk to you. Oh, thank you, mate. It's been an absolute pleasure talking to you. I've really enjoyed our chat. It's been lovely. And I wish you all the best with your writing, with your acting, and congratulations again on the film. It is, um, it's a must-see in my book, out in October. Thank you so much, buddy. Have a great day, buddy. You too, Alex. See ya. Bye-bye. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code Buttery. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. 
Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hello, Alex Zane here. Thank you for choosing to listen to Just The Facts. And while you can still enjoy these episodes forever, you might want to check out our brand new show, A Trip to the Movies, where each week a different famous film fan curates their perfect night out at the cinema, picking what snacks they'd eat, where they'd sit, who they'd go with, and of course, what movies they'd screen. If you love cinema as much as we do, search A Trip to the Movies with Alex Zane or head to our socials at Trip to Movies Pod. That's at Trip to Movies Pod to find out more.